Mike, who is more popular, the Beatles or the Fantastic Four? I think if you listen to our show regularly, you would assume the Fantastic Four. But if you lived in the real world, you'd probably say the Beatles. <laughs> we it's Beatlemania for a reason, right? But the Fantastic Four have clubs, fan clubs, but there's no Fantastic Mania. I don't even, the Four Mania. How would you even say that? Yeah, I don't know, Mania, but like, <laughs> you know, they're, I think they're we don't, popular. We don't, we don't but... swear on the show, Mike. No, no, no swearing on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're certainly popular. They're incredibly popular and they're being followed and there's celebrity magazines that report on them, but nothing like the Beatles. Nothing yeah. like the Beatles as has happened in the superhero, super powered world. Yeah. And in this particular case, we had the Fantastic Four went to go and see a Beatles show and we've had no incidences we know about of the, where the Beatles have gone to see a Fantastic Four show. <laughs> no, they're not showing up at the Baxter building, you know, pen and paper in hand asking for autographs. Although funny about it is maybe it's just, just a comment on human nature or our society. But like the Fantastic Four have saved the world more than once. And the, and Beatles, the, Beatles, the Beatles have are, not. The Beatles have never the Beatles saved have the world. <laughs> so you'd, think, you'd think that if there's going to be this adulation and idolatry of anyone, it would be the Fantastic Four. But no, it definitely isn't. It definitely is not. The Beatles are far more popular. Yeah, but the, the, I guess the Beatles have saved music. Okay, we'll go with that. They definitely have struck a nerve in our society, and they're making their mark. And so time will tell us whether the Beatles will be remembered. But right now, it's hard to avoid them if you're trying to avoid them. They're everywhere. Yeah, there's that question, too. A thousand years from now, looking far, very, very far in the future, are we going to remember the Fantastic Four or the Beatles? And I would think it would be the Fantastic Four. The first real superheroes on the planet are, I imagine, more memorable th than any music band. The Fantastic Four are, are, as we've chronicled, are the vanguard of this new evolution of almost post-humanity. Then this is a moment in our history where there's, um, and who knows where we're going to evolve to. So my money would be that the Beatles are a flash in the pan and the Fantastic <laughs> Four are here to stay. <laughs> and, and interesting, there's four of each of them. I think that's a coincidence. Oh my, I didn't think about that. So do you think that maybe... Do you think that there's a matching principle going on here? We, we noted in, remember that we talked about recently with the Frightful Four, there's four of them, and we're just confused as to why they would limit them. Why wouldn't they be like the Hateful Eight or something? But instead, it's like they pick the four, and the Beatles are a quartet as well. So do you think that the, are we, uh, uh, are the Beatles being influenced by the Fantastic Four? <laughs> Is music being influenced by superhero culture? Oh, yeah, maybe. Or maybe, maybe the other way around. We, maybe the Fantastic Four just look, search out for groups of four things. Yeah. They go to the grocery store and be like, yeah, I know you have a dozen eggs, but do you have like a smaller package, like maybe a third the size? Or maybe, or maybe it's just that things come into four, right? There's the four food groups, there's four seasons. They kind of just naturally would evolve to where the Fantastic Four, who, when you really think about their powers are quite elemental in nature, yeah, they, the they have this sort four, of connection. four elements, there you go. There's four elements. Yeah, so maybe there's an inherent connection to the idea of having teams of four Although, I mean, maybe I'm just spinning some yards here. But anyways. <laughs> can match them? Can we look at the... Because we talked about this before. The Frightful Four, there was like a match almost mm -hmm. between Medusa had her stretchy hair and Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, could stretch his body. There was kind of a rough match between mm -hmm. the Frightful Four and the, and the Fantastic Four. Can we do the same things with the Beatles? Is there this Paul match to Sue? Like, what is the match yeah, between the four Beatles and the, and the four Fantastic Four? <sighs> you know, I just don't know enough about them. But maybe there might be something there. Maybe that's something that if they stick around, we can we'll explore it a little more. And look, maybe they're the first. Maybe the Beatles were the first super 
powered band. Maybe we're going to find out that they have <laughs> powers too. We just don't know about. We just you don't never know. know. If, it, if it happens to anybody, it'll happen to the Beatles. Yeah. I think a couple of things to talk about. I think with this encounter with the Beatles and the Fantastic Four. Well, I guess in the Fantastic half the Fantastic Four it was, it was the thing in the Human Torch. Mm -hmm. We're going to see a show, and in the process, I guess someone tried to steal all the money from the show. And mm -hmm. uh, Fantastic Four prevented that, so I guess they did. They did their good deed for the day, but in the process of doing that good deed, they did some damage. And so, I, I think this is interesting: is that, that the damage that they caused is not being paid for by the theater, not being paid for by the Beatles, not being paid for by the government, not even being paid for by an insurance company. The Fantastic Four themselves are going to cover that damage, and I think that's just—it's interesting that it wasn't like the Thing and the Human Torch were being professionally employed by anybody. They went out of their way to help the Beatles or to help the theater anyway with these thieves. And now because of that good deed, they're going to have to pay, taking the money out of their own pocket. And that doesn't seem right. It doesn't. and it, But it's interesting. It probably, it gives us some, some insight into the institutional nature of the, or at least the institutional connection between the Fantastic Four and the society that they live in. So we've talked before about how the Avengers seem to have a pretty direct connection, almost be a, a separate like military force or, or arm of the armed forces in America. But the Fantastic Four haven't been, right? You'd think that the Fantastic Four has some kind of formal relationship as being almost a police force, that they would be, uh, they'd have an immunity from any kind of possible civil liability so or prosecution. Are you, are, you say, if are, you, are you saying that they are a police force or they should be a police force? I'm saying that they aren't because if they were then if they're acting in the course of their duties, then they would have an immunity from prosecution and civil liability, provided that they were still carrying out their duties within their own responsibility. And so then they wouldn't care about paying the damage themselves because if they got sued, they have an insurance policy that would respond and they're not, they won't be worried about, say, being arrested for the damage that they caused in the course of exercising their duties. And, and, but and that's that's here... I was going to say, that's probably true. When the U.S. military went and asked the Fantastic Four to go and take down the Hulk... They were basically working under the under the authority of the U.S. military, and I'm assuming that any damage caused during that battle with the Hulk was paid for by by the U.S. government by the military. In this case, no, nobody asked Ben and Johnny to go and stop the thieves. They just they were good Samaritans. And they went and did it. That changes the calculation a little bit, doesn't it? Well, it does, except that I think when they're tasked by the American military, I think that they could be considered to be contractors in that role. But I'm saying that. Here, they, they just acted as good Samaritans and did the public good. They acted as if they were police officers. But the fact that they paid out of pocket tells me that they don't have any kind of special protection or immunity from prosecution or from civil liability. So if they did, then they wouldn't have reached into their own pocket. But the fact they reached into their own pocket tells me that they're doing the analysis, which is that it's probably better for us just to pay out of pocket than to get sued by the people that own the buildings that were damaged or anyone that had a possible liability claim. It's probably just worth their time to pay it out. So they must have, number one, tons of money. And number two, they don't have any kind of protection. So number three, they're going to use their money to avoid getting sued and have their time being eaten up. It's just worth their time to just, just pay people rather than having a claim against them. But I guess but the point they, is, like, why are they doing it at all? So basically, these thieves came in, they stole the money, they took off. If Ben and Johnny just said, oh, you know what, we're, that's not our problem. We're going to go sit and watch the show. Mm -hmm. uh, then... Um, Number one, they get to see the show, and number two is that they're only out of the, the ticket price. Instead, they went and chased these guys down. They didn't get to see the show, and they ended up having to pay a bunch of money out of their pocket. What was the incentive for them to do that? Well, that's the thing, right? If there was, say, a, like they had immunity from a civil lawsuit, then they would go do it. But here they clearly don't. And so 
they had to pay out of pocket because they're involved in this incident that caused damage and they pay out of pocket because it's easier for them to make the claim go away, the potential claims go away. And I don't know what their incentive is other than to do that, other than that they're heroic or because they feel they can solve the problem and they have so much money that it's worth it for them to both be heroic and to also make sure that they don't have their time wasted well, you, thereafter you keep, with, you with keep claims made so against much, them. You keep saying they have so much money. Is that true? They'd have to. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. If they didn't, why would they pay out of pocket? Why well, would they just wait and get sued, I guess? I guess that's my question. Getting... So, so where's that money coming from? I guess they had that one movie that they had a while back. And Reed has some inventions. That he's invented. Po- he lost all his inventions that he invented mm-hmm. in the past due to that bankruptcy. But he, presumably he's invented other things since then. Um, but it doesn't seem that that's an unlimited fund of money. I just, I think there's a, from my business world, one, one of the heroes of the business world is Adam Smith, who invented the whole idea that trade is good. And mm-hmm. one of his famous quotes was, it's not the benevolence of the butcher, the baker, or the brewer that we expect our dinner, but it's regards to their self-interest. And we don't count on the butchers and the bakers to give us their foods for free. Why are we counting on superheroes to do all of their work for free? We're missing some information then, right? Because it's clearly happening. So number one, the Fantastic Four don't have this protection from being sued civilly for damage that they cause in the course of acting heroically because they're paying out of pocket because that's the only reason that you would pay out of pocket. So why would they continue? Why would they do it? So let me dive into that. That's exactly right. It sounds like there's an incentive to be a butcher. There's an incentive to be a baker. Mm -hmm. Society incentivizes people to be police officers and salesmen and retail clerks and, and and, uh, and, and radio personalities like us. There's all sorts of incentives in the system for these things. It sounds like right now there's a, a disincentive to be a superhero. And so... Well, that's he, what... Okay, go ahead. I was going to say that, but that's where I think this is going, is that on its face, it doesn't make any sense unless they have so much money. And how are they getting so much money? I don't know. Perhaps it's that we are talking about the Fantastic Four who have access to space travel and interdimensional travel, right? Based on their recent adventures to our knowledge. They're just stealing from other dimensions and bringing I, I don't, money I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do not know if they have access to resources or minerals or something that we don't have access to here and that we're just not made aware of it. Or Reed yeah. has been inventing things and selling and profiting well, off of that. Yeah, so I guess that could be it, right? So you, you could be right. Maybe they're just obscenely wealthy and... Mm-hmm. In order to keep that wealth, in order to keep getting access to these other dimensions and keep the government off their back, they go and do good deeds for good public relations, and those good deeds cost them money, but in the same way that, I don't know, Procter & Gamble donates to clean water in, in Kenya, they're just like going, like they're, it's, it's like a, the tax on them, the, the good deed tax is there to keep their good PR so that they can go and make their money some other way that we don't really know about. Yeah, but on a personal level, I work as a lawyer, so I make my money by going to work and billing, and I bill my time. And so if I'm walking to work and I see someone's going to walk into traffic, and I'm going to stop them because that's a normal human thing to do. And it, But on a cost-benefit, I guess it costs me time, so therefore it costs me money because I don't get to go to work early enough. But it's it's on a human level. It's what you want to do. Now, if it, if it, now if it, to save, if I saw someone fall into traffic... And for me to save them would require me to, you know, run scuff through your fire. Shoes. You don't want to scuff your shoes, Mike. <laughs> no, but if I could lose my life, then I think that it might be more hope I'd be heroic and chance losing my life to save somebody who's falling into traffic. But I don't know. Maybe that's where there would be a line. And what I'm saying is that the Fantastic Four haven't hit that line yet. Yeah. It's still but, worth their time. Let's go back to, to your it. scenario. It's even worse than that. It's imagine if, like, okay, now you go and you save that guy. He falls down the road and you rush into the road and you save him. But in so doing so, you cause a, a car to swerve and hit another car. 
And so now they want to find now you for that, for that car accident because you jumped in the way to, way to save that dude? That doesn't seem right either. It's yeah, one but thing. You've already you're... risked your life. You've already taken your time. Now we're going to say, hey, oh, and by the way, now we want your money too. But that analysis only works. That analogy only works if that I said, whoa, 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 okay, hold on a second. Let me pay for everything out of my own pocket. But I have an insurance policy that would respond to it, so likely I'm going to be okay. So even if I did that quick math in my but, head about, but, is it worth but, it for but, me to go into should, traffic? Yeah, but should your insurance company be paying for that? The guy who, who busted his car up, again, not, not his fault. Maybe the guy who fell down in traffic, you go after him. But going after the insurance company of the guy who saved the person's life, that doesn't seem right. Well, it doesn't work like that, though. If somebody falls into traffic and I go in and try to save them, as a result, if some other car gets into an accident, I guess if they sustained injury, they would sue me. They wouldn't sue the insurance company. My insurance company would respond on behalf of me. And there are some legitimate legal defenses that would apply to that very scenario where it's there, I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't negligent. They'd have to establish negligence in order to trigger it. But my point was less about the intricacies of motor vehicle law and claims. And more just to say that my analysis is not going to be influenced. I wouldn't have to think that I, you know, I'd, I'd take it in my pocket and pay this person out rather than pay my deductible so that when I got sued, that my insurance company would respond and defend me. Whereas the Fantastic Four, clearly, it's just not worth it for them to um, to possibly they don't have insurance, uh, which I don't think they do, to respond to the claims that be made for them damaging <laughs> property. The while they're... If they did, their insurance would be so high. <laughs> It'd be so high. They can't afford like, insurance. <laughs> You're, you're an orange rocky monster that can destroy a building. So I think the insurance would be quite high if you, if you had it. But at the same time, they get sued personally. The thing would have to be paying out of pocket. They must have so much money that it's just like there's not even thinking about being so, so, tied up in a potential lawsuit later because yeah, it's so, so much so, dough. And so, so clearly all these disincentives that we're creating haven't stopped the Fantastic Four from existing. But what, I, what right. I always find interesting is when these disincentives exist... You have to ask, what isn't happening because of these disincentives? Are there mm. lots and lots of other superheroes out there that are being like, you know what, I don't want to be a superhero. Look how much it's going to cost. It's too expensive to be a superhero. Like, I, I, well, I'll, right. just, I mean, I'll just stay it's... being a lawyer. I'll just be, be a lawyer by day and a nothing by night because it's be, too expensive. Well, I'm not nothing by night, Ed, as you know that. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why Spider-Man wears a mask. We've been oh, quite point. critical on Spider-Man, how he wears a mask and doesn't reveal his identity. We've been super critical of him. And it's not and, because, and it's not because, it makes not because he's of afraid of, of villains no. attacking him. It's not because he wants to do criminal things. It's because he's not super rich. Everyone who's not super well, maybe, rich and wants to be a superhero has to cover their face. So maybe, so I think the solution would be, if we recognize that being a superhero is a public good, much like having volunteer firefighters and police officers and things like that, then there needs to be new legislation that's passed in order to provide some immunity from civil prosecution civil claims and if you did it would remove that disincentive if the thing that, and the torch burned down a building or destroy a building the, the building owner can't sue them because they were legitimately acting the course of their superhero duties and roles then i guess they have to put a claim over to their insurance company but what would ha and i think the only way that works is that probably all of our insurance rates are going to rise to accommodate that but it's pretty fair to spread the risk out of uh, superhero-related damage. It does. And, th and then what that should open up is all these other superheroes that are presumably hiding right now and aren't doing anything. Or have the, they have secret identities or they have no identities at all uh, because they're not super. They're just, well, they're super, but not heroes. If you, want to if you want more of your supers to be heroes, fix the insurance laws. Yeah. Well, no, fix, you know, what we need to have, there have to be local, state-level, and federal legislation that's passed in order to have immunity from prosecution and immunity from 
civil claims pass. And it, that the question for us, I guess, as a society, is that a better court way to go? Or is it better to have them running around with masks? And <laughs> I don't know. I used to be pretty anti-mask, but now I'm kind of seeing the value of it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, and, and these laws, when you create these new laws, don't they have like catchy names and stuff too? Can we call this law the put the hero back in supers? I like where you're going with this, but what it would be like, there's no I in team, but there's I in insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Act of 1965. <laughs> 